Hey, this is Doug McMillan from the Connells. I was the one that you know. I was just sorry. and you're listening to the New Wave Music Podcast. Thanks for joining us on the New Wave Music Podcast. As always, this is Steve. Hey, and I'm T-Bone. And we'd like to do a quick shout out to our listeners in Denver, Colorado. We really appreciate you listening to the podcast. And today, T-Bone, we're going to be talking about and reviewing a band that I have not really heard much of since the late 90s, The Smithereens. And just if our listeners need a recap on The Smithereens, they had such hits as Blood and Roses. Girl like you. And only a memory. And so, yeah, Steve, this album is called The Lost Album. It came out now in 2022. It was actually recorded in 1993, and this was in between some recording contracts that they had, so they decided to just do their own album on their own. Being called The Lost Album makes sense, I suppose. It makes me wonder what the album would have been called if it had come out in 93. But, uh, you know, interestingly enough, uh, this album was only 80% finished and rough mixed. So on this album, we have the, the the regular four, the late Pat Denizio, who died in 2017. He's on vocals. Jim Babjack on guitars. Dennis Dickin on drums. And Mike Maceros on bass. And something I found interesting just in some show prep for the Smithereens is how their name, the Smithereens, came to be. They were actually named from Yosemite Sam's catchphrase from Looney Tunes. Ah. Varmint, I'm going to blow you to smithereens. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. No, it doesn't surprise me. That's great. Yeah, but let's take a look at the Lost album and see how we feel about it. The album opens up with the track Out of This World. This is a wonderful opening track, and lead sing- it's also the lead single from this release, and it's amazing to hear Pat's voice again. This track I'll just sum up by saying it's everything you expect and want from the Smithereens. I really enjoyed this track from Jim Babchak's guitars, Dennis Dixon's drums and percussions, and of course Pat's vocals. All amazing and work very well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So right off the bat, we're right back into that great rock sound of the Smithereens. Uh, you're absolutely right. Jim Jim's guitars have that really familiar sound for the band. Pat's vocals are in top form. I, I, I also felt this was just a great track to start the album. And we move to the second track, Dear Abby. I've been waiting all night just to hear from you. I've been walking in circles wondering what to do. 
I've been thinking so hard I'm going crazy Dear Abby, won't you try to remember me Every day it's another solid track. This one, I enjoyed the harmonizing vocals of Pat and Jim. Also, Jim has some outstanding guitar work on this album and on this song. And kind of similar to what we talked about when we did, talked about Gene Loves Jezebel, James Stevenson, how he can make that guitar kind of its own unique voice in songs. Jim has that same same talent. I enjoyed it. I also enjoyed the, th- the 1960s kind of throwback vibe that this song has going for it. Yeah, I think that's a familiar element mm-hmm. that we're going to find on this album. Um, it, this song, Dear Abby, it does slow things down a little bit on this ballad. Uh, great choice of lyrics. They're playing along on that old Dear Abby column. And I completely agree with you. Jim's guitars here are the focus instrumentally, but that certainly doesn't leave out the bass and drums. They are equally impressive. And that leads us to the third track, Don't Look Down. Steve, the highlight for me on this is the chorus. I love how the vocals make a change of pace from the rest of the song, as well as adding in a female uh, backing voice that gives it an additional punch. The drums are really strong on this track, but again, I think we're going to see this as a common theme also. It's Jim's guitars that really work so perfectly. Yvonne, I think you've already got my notes. (laughs) Uh, To me, the highlights on this were, as as we talked about, Babchak's guitar work, as well as Pat's vocals. Again, to me, this was another solid track. I also really like the lyrics that this track had, such as, forget your trouble, it just brings you down. Think of your future, don't look down. Yeah, it's, it's a very positive album if you get right down to it. You know, I, I, one of the things I really like about the Smithereens in general is they have that rock sound, but they always have some good, punchy, great lyrics to go along with it. And, you know, I was thinking about that on the lyrics as I was getting my, my notes for the album review up. The, the, the lyrics were kind of as timely as they are now, and they were written back in 93, but I just think that history repeats itself, and the lyrics can be as timely as ever. Oh, I completely agree with you on, with you on that. That leads us up to the fourth track, A World Apart. Now, on this one, of all the songs on the album, I think this one probably is the closest to sounding like early Smithereens tracks. Pat's vocals are particularly strong. The tempo of the song is a little bit slower, but it works perfectly with both the lyrics, the vocals, and the instruments. And this was another album highlight for me. Again, I love kind of the, the, the subtle 60s vibe, and this song just comes together so well. Again, between Babchak's guitar work and Pat's vocals, this song is nothing but pure joy and reminded me of how the Smithereens were one of those bands in the 90s. I don't know if you're like I was. I just kind of took them for granted. They were on the airplay a lot. I always enjoyed what I heard from them, but this just makes me to appreciate it just a whole, whole lot more. And then we're going to move into the track, Stop Bringing Me Down. Hey man, what's your name? It seems like I've seen you now, but what is your claim anyway? Just go away. The 
album kicks into high gear with this rock song, led by Jim's outstanding guitar work and dr- the driving percussions by Dennis. Listening to this album and this song in particular is like opening a time capsule from 93 to, for me. Hearing some phrases and some lyrics that reminded me of my youthful days in the 90s hanging out with my buddies. Steve, that was eloquent. I like that. Uh, yeah, you know, this has some great grinding and at times swirling guitar work that really pulls you into the song. Mike's bass complements the guitars. Uh, this is the longest track on the album at just under six minutes. But for, for me, it never felt like it was longer than it should be. Yeah, I didn't even know it was six minutes long. It flew by. Yeah, it's, it's a really quick paced track. It really has a great sound to it. Then we jump into Pretty Little Lies. If you could not tell the smithereens were influenced by the 60s, this song will serve as a great reminder. Uh, It's another song I found to be an album highlight. It might be a little softer than most of the Smithereen songs. However, it shows how talented the band is and how they can make this track work so well. You know, um, this is actually one of my favorite songs on the album. Yeah, this is a top-notch song and definitely one of my favorites on the album. Uh, You know, you mentioned 60s sound. For me, most of these songs here really have more of a 50s rock sound in many ways. This one is a perfect example. The instruments often take a backseat to Pat's vocals, in my opinion. They're there, but it's that Buddy Holly kind of vocal arrangement that's really in focus. Jim's guitar chords have that simple classic rock sound, and I think it's what makes this song so appealing. It's a little bit slower than some of the other tracks on this album, but that's what adds to the song, almost giving it a tribute sound. And that leads us up to the seventh track, Monkey Man. After a mid-tempo song, we get right back to the rock and roll. The drums kick in and along with the bass make it a perfect rhythm section. Uh, Jim comes in with a brief guitar solo in the middle of the track. And uh, while it is brief, it's a nice short addition. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this is to me is another solid Smithereens track. This track is recommended for the title alone. However, if that title doesn't sell you, let's talk about the highlights or let's talk about how this track is highlighted by Babchick's signature guitar sound and Pat's vocals. Yeah, I, I thought the the uh, title itself, Monkey Man, was kind of a silly title, but I think it really works with not only the music, but the uh, the lyrics that go along yeah, with it. Yeah, it's probably the second best title of the tracks on the album. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll get to that later. Yeah. And that leads us to the next track, Everyday World. I don't want to live in an everyday world. I enjoyed how this one opens with the guitar and Jim's vocals just blend perfectly into that guitar melody. It's one of those tracks that will be stuck in your head long after you finish listening to this album. Most of it, if not all this album, has just been an 
a jo- an enjoyable experience. So oh, far. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Yeah, this is another one of those songs that I think sounds like classic smithereens. Pat's vocals are great, and they, they're balanced with some really nice backing vocals. And when I just heard what you said a moment ago, Steve, I think maybe you're reading my notes this time because I wrote down that this song is a real, a real earworm. You'll find yourself humming the tune long after you've listened to it. Very enjoyable. And that leads us up to the ninth track, Face the World with Pride. You wake up, no, it's not love, see what's on your mind. If you can't see anything, stop wasting all your Instrumentally, Steve, I found this had more of kind of a rockabilly vibe to the song. Uh, The bass and the drums are the highlight for me. They really drive this song forward. A great guitar riff sneaks in midway through. Um, For me, just another enjoyable track. Yeah, I'm going to start off by saying I really enjoyed this song. But my first initial reaction when I was listening to this was maybe my... uh, uh, music player switched to a different track and I was listening to the song by the monkeys and just had that vibe. And I mean that as a compliment and it's how much I love this. Almost every track on this album is just a unique listening experience. Yes, it is. So that leads us up to the 10th track. Love runs wild. guys slow things down a little bit on this song Um, i love the background vocals during the chorus in particular jim's guitar playing big surprise is a little bit more precise than on some of the other songs and i think it really enhances this track yeah i know i'm going to sound like a broken record but (laughs) babchak's guitar playing on this track takes it to the next level yeah i thoroughly enjoyed this ballad like i said before uh from babchak's guitar work to Pat's vocals, to Dennis's percussion, the whole band is sounding amazing. Yeah, no doubt about it. And then we get to probably what's the best song title of the album, I'm Sexy. I'm sexy. I don't look the way I feel. I'm angry. There's a smile on my face. I'm lazy. When I know there's work to do. I'm lonely. And I know that you are too. The lyrics are not are not enough to get you to enjoy this track. I really enjoyed it, and we did have a chance to speak with Jim Babchak specifically about the history behind this song. And I just say stick around for that interview coming up after this review. It's a lot more insightful than I can shed onto this song. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's something to look forward to. Yeah, this is another one of my favorite tracks on the, uh, the album. Jim's guitar opens up this outstanding track. It, it's a song about accepting ourselves regardless of how we and especially others see us. Uh, again, Jim and his guitars, you know, he throws in kind of a funky guitar solo midway through and it matches the tone of the song wonderfully. Kind of some snarky lyrics make this song one of the very best on the album. And I think that Pat yelling out, I'm sexy, late in the track is both amusing and kind of a rally cry to all of us that may not uh, meet society's expectations. And then we reach the closing track on the album, All Through the Night. 
Give your love with all of your might Don't you know Things will be alright I will be there with you all through the night T-Bone, for me, the album could not close out more perfectly, in my opinion. I love how Pat is offering comfort with the lyrics, Don't you know things will be all right? I will be with you all through the night. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah, uh, great ballad to close off the album. Um, I heard a hint of organ late in the song, and it really matches up nicely uh, with the more delicate nature of this uh, of the overall track. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Steve. That it, it is a fine way to close off an album. The Smithereens, T-Bone to me, was one of those bands growing up with I was a fan, but in a way I kind of took them for granted. They were kind of always on the radio. I've seen them, I think I've seen them a few, a handful of times here live. They're one that I thought was always just going to stick around. And so as the saying goes, you don't know what you have until it's, until it's gone. Yeah. It's really nice to kind of go back re- revisiting this gem of an album. I could not appreciate how talented the band was and how lucky we are to have one last album featuring pat's vocals oh absolutely could not agree more you know as with all the songs on this album with that one exception these are pretty short three and a half minute songs that's what rock music was built on and they never overstay their welcome as a whole i think steve the one thing that i appreciate about this album is how well it fits in with the smithereens catalog it wasn't delayed due to lack of quality no. On the contrary, it has the things that I've always loved about the Smithereens. Great vocals and fantastic musicianship. They were, or, or maybe I should say are, a tight band with just what rock music needs. Guitar, bass, drums, and the right vocalist. If you're familiar with the Smithereens, then this album is for you. If you didn't know them in the mid-80s through the 90s, then this is a great album to discover their sound. It's the rock side of New Wave. No synths here. Needless to say, Steve, I think we can both agree on this. We both highly recommend this album. We'd like to welcome Jim Babjack from the iconic band The Smithereens. Jim, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on the New Wave Music Podcast. My pleasure. Good to see you guys, or hear you. (laughs) (laughs) well jim let's go back in time just a little bit how did the smithereens get together uh well our drummer dennis dyken and i met on the first day of high school in 1971 and uh, we started playing together immediately he was looking for a guitar player that could play i can't explain by the who and i fit (laughs) that bill It, it was just fate you know if he hadn't been sitting behind me in the first class of the first day of high school, this probably never would have happened. So I, I had a loose leaf notebook and he, he noticed when I opened it, there was a picture of the who in there from hip parader magazine with Pete Townsend doing a windmill and Roger twirling the microphone. And uh, he's like, Oh, this kid must, uh, must be cool. So <laughs> it started there. And then our bass player, Mike, we go back also to uh, 1964. We had the same accordion teacher and we had our communion together, but I, I lost touch with him until high school. And then when he saw Dennis and I were, were having fun doing this, he decided to pick up the bass. So I taught him uh, three, three or four songs. Uh, can't explain no matter what uh, my baby left me by Elvis. And uh, we got to get out of this place by the animals. And then he went away to college for a semester and uh, when he came back, he was playing like 
Didi Ramon, James Jamerson, John Entwistle, Paul McCartney, all rolled up into one. And he became like this world-class bass player overnight. I think he sold his soul to the devil or something. Huh? But yeah, it, it was fabulous. So then there we had the band. And then uh, we were looking for lead singers. We were called What Else at the time. Uh, a take on the who, I guess. What uh -huh. else? Question mark. You know, we we uh, were looking for a lead singer. We went through a couple and that didn't work out. And then Dennis met Pat through an ad in a paper and he was looking for a band and we were looking for a lead singer. And it just it just worked out that way. So we, oh, we already awesome. had a sound before we met Pat. You know, we'd been playing for a while. What, what instrument did you mention that you were playing? The uh... <laughs> accordion. Uh, the accordion. So you're are you an accordion player still? No. <laughs> no, I, I played violin also in 1966 to 68, and then my parents finally let me get a guitar in 69. They were worried that I'd end up being a hippie or something if I played guitar. <laughs> and accordion had accordion had to go by the wayside, huh? Yeah, sad to say. I mean, I could have made it on the Lawrence Welk show, I suppose. Uh, yeah, exactly. You might have had a career there. Yeah. Um, so it has been just you, you four uh, throughout the years. There hasn't been anybody else in the band. Well, you know, Mike was uh, left to raise a family for a while. And we have a guy that fills in on bass. Uh, mm. His name is Severo. Yeah. You know, uh, pretty much the same guys. So, Jim, the Smithereens definitely would be seen as college rock. But you guys began right there at the end of the new wave era. And I think many of our listeners would put you in that category. Were you guys OK with being labeled that? No, <laughs> I don't know. We, we, we always thought of ourselves as a rock and roll band. And then when our first album came out, people like to give you labels in, in you know, either power pop or, uh, you know, I, I remember going into a store looking for our first record and, and I'm looking under rock and it wasn't there. And, and the, the kid behind the counter said, oh, you're in the alternative section. And I'm like, what, what's the alternative? I guess it's alternative to Michael Jackson and Madonna, but um, I don't know. I, I never liked those labels. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, you can call us what you want, actually, but um, <laughs> we didn't seem to fit into any of those things. Like, um, well, I didn't think so anyway. So, well, New Wave. I, I well, What is New Wave? Uh, give me some bands that... Uh, well, you was know, Elvis Costello to, New Wave or was he punk? Al, yeah, absolutely. Well, he was kind of at that, that borderline, but I think he considered New Wave everything from Blondie to Depeche Mode to. It's a pretty wide gosh. range, isn't it? Well, yeah. and I think that's what works even well with, you know, I mean, not specifically categorizing you guys as that, but there's such an umbrella of new wave. It can be guitar rock. It could be dance synths. Um, and so I think that's why a lot of our listeners, even though you guys do fall under a number of different categories, would also put you kind of in that new wave category. Yeah, I could see that with, with certain songs. For sure. Because yeah. I remember seeing Blondie back in CBGB's back in the day, and they were considered mm. a punk band. And then they had some songs that could have been considered disco, uh, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So here we are. But but it's timeless <laughs> music, I, I the way I look at it. Oh, I agree. So, Jim, do you have a, a song that you enjoy playing live still? Oh, I enjoy all of them. I mean, we we have a passion for, for music. Uh, I I, I like playing them all. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I never get bored. People ask me if I get bored. I don't because 
I think one of the reasons is when I get on stage and I'm playing and I see, I look at my drummer, our drummer, Dennis, who I've been playing with since I was 14. Mm. I'm now 64. So I feel like a kid when I'm playing. Mm. So I'm excited to be up there on stage and, and, uh, there's nothing like it. I mean, uh, it's not a job. It's, it's just, um, I don't know what you call it. It's just uh, fun. I guess that's why they yeah. call it playing. Like I'm, I'm going, going to play. I'm not going to work, <laughs> you know? Well, you know, I wasn't going to ask this because we have asked it of, of other artists that we've contacted, uh, but I might as well just throw it out there. Also, it kind of goes along with what you just said. We've often asked um, if you ever get tired of playing those songs over and over and over. Most people that we've talked to say, absolutely not. It's what has made them who they are. And I'm assuming then based on what you just said that you feel the same. Absolutely. I never get tired of it. And, and I'm always coming up with new new stuff. You know, we're, I've been writing a lot since this whole COVID thing. And uh, so I'm, I'm now writing songs with the band uh, again and, and with uh, Marshall Crenshaw and with Robin mm-hmm. Wilson from Gin Blossoms. So oh, wow. eventually there's going to be a, a new album out with, um, with our uh, new friends singing. Well, oh, new fantastic. old friends, actually. Uh, we've been friends with Marshall since 1980. <laughs> Let's talk about the recent release of the Smithereens Lost album. It was recorded in 1993. Uh, was there a reason that it was held on to until now? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's because, well, what happened was we, we lost our, we were dropped from Capitol Records in 93. And then um, being the survivors that we are, because, you know, when we started out, it took us five or six years before we got our first record deal and we put out independent records. So after we lost the deal, we're in the interim, we thought we'd record everything that we have going on at the time, all, whatever new songs we had. So we ended up recording two albums worth of demos, like really good demos. And um, then we got signed to RCA and we took half those songs that made sense together and recorded an album called The Date with the Smithereens. And then this other half that you're hearing now was just left behind. And, you know, it's just one of those situations where life got in the way and other projects came and and it was truly forgotten. And it wasn't until, you know, Pat passed away that we started looking back at this stuff and realized, wow, you know what? Our fans would love to hear this uh, stuff because I loved hearing it. And I'm like, it brought back a lot of memories and, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, we have tons of songs that uh, we might still put out in the future. So when you recorded this album in between your record contracts with Capitol and RCA, did not having a record label at that period make it easier or more difficult to record? Well, it was e- e- easy in, in that we could go to a studio and pay for it ourselves. Uh, we just didn't know what we were going to do with it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, it was kind of tough. I was worried about things cause I had just bought a house or a house was being built and, uh, I, I was worried about how I'm going to pay for it, pay the mortgage. You know, it was a scary time for me cause I had two young kids at the time. Uh, I ended up having three, but it all worked out. You know, we just kept moving on as we are now, you know, we're, we're moving forward, uh, with our, our passion and and our legacy you know i don't want to sit around watching movies eating cheese doodles you know (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, I've got to ask Jim, the track, I'm Sexy. I'm sexy. I don't look the way I feel. I'm angry. There's a smile on my face. I'm lazy. When I know there's work to do. I'm lonely. And I know that you want to. There has to be a story behind that. Yeah, I actually wrote that one. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I guess the title is kind of, uh, <laughs> well, I thought it would be an anthem because uh, it's, uh, I'm sexy, I don't look the way I feel, I'm angry, there's a smile on my face, I'm lazy when I know there's work to do and I'm lonely and I know that you are too. Anyway, the, the, way, the reason I got the idea is I was at like a, a department store and I saw this woman um, trying on the dress and she wasn't particularly what society would consider attractive but i saw the look on her face and her eyes how she felt like a million bucks wearing this dress and she felt sexy and she she had this thing you know this glow and that's where i got the idea for the song that's pretty much it i i i thought it would be uh I thought it would be a, a good album cut or single, but it never made it. <laughs> well, I it's like a good it. riff. I, I came up with a good oh, riff yeah. on that. Oh, it's great. Yeah, some of the other tracks I really enjoyed on the new album were Out of This World. A World Apart. Now I can't stand to live another day A world apart Thinking about your face And Pretty Little Lies I won't take no more of your pretty little lies Pretty little lies Those were album highlights for me. Is there a particular track that stood out to you on this album? Uh, Don't Look Down is one of my favorites. Wait till tomorrow. Don't stick around. Drown all your sorrow. Don't look down. So I was just going over that earlier because we're going to play that one live and probably out of this world and maybe a few others. It's funny about Pretty Little Lies. Our drummer Dennis just reminded me that he wasn't even there for that. I, I played a cardboard box. It was like he was uh, Pat was trying to go for a Buddy Holly thing on that one. And, you know, Buddy Holly would do the knee slaps on one of the songs like every day instead of using drums. So I played a, a cardboard box. So apparently that's me on drums there playing a box. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, considering the album was recorded in 93, have you been playing tracks live from that album since you recorded it or have you kind of kept them in the vault? No, no, they've been in the vault. I, I have done I'm Sexy with my, so, whenever I played in my solo band, uh, we, would, we would play that one. But other than that, no, no, that was it. Pat re-recorded um, two of them for a solo album in the 90s, uh, late 90s. It was uh, the one that you had mentioned before, Everyday World and uh, A World Apart, those two. But other than that, everything's been in, in the vault. And uh, Face the World with Pride, that's another one I wrote. Face the world. 
that was inspired by the Anita Hill hearings. I just, um, that phrase just came to me because I saw her in the courtroom and, and, and she looked all sad and flustered or what. And I, and I'm like, you know, face the world with, with pride, you know, just tell it like it is, you know? Uh, and then the rest of the song has nothing to do with it, but (laughs) that was just inspired by that. (laughs) But that's how songs are. You start off with a phrase and then it go, it might start off with a real event or whatever. And then for me, it just veers off. It just, it just goes off the rails, you know, with the release of the lost album, how was it revisiting tracks that were recorded decades ago? Um, it's like putting on an old shoe, really. It's, uh, like I said, I was just going over it. They might join me later, but Dennis and Mike actually came over to the house and we're rehearsing some of this stuff now to play live. Cause we have a show coming up next week or two shows, yeah. three. Uh, yeah. and, uh, so we figured we'd get together and, uh, go over some of the new the old new tracks so you mentioned just about a minute ago uh with the passing of uh pat uh that you've continued on using some different singers you mentioned marshall crenshaw as an example and i'm it sounds like you're uh, planning on continuing that have you ever entertained the idea of a new permanent vocalist well what i tell people is nothing's permanent in life you know uh my late wife uh my poor wife, uh, we've been together since we were teenagers, uh, passed away six years ago, uh, a year before Pat. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but, you know, she's the one that told me, you know, uh, live your best life and just keep doing what you're doing. She said, people, she, she, she was very emotional. She said, you know, people love you. You got to keep doing what you're doing. And that hit home with me. And then after Pat passed away, same thing. It's like, we've got to keep moving. Otherwise, we're just going to wither away and and just fade away. But this is just so much fun. And and since then, I've been dating a a wonderful woman. So I'm I'm lucky. I'm unlucky, but I'm also very lucky that I have a good support system, good friends, and and now a a wonderful woman that's with me. Uh, So... I think the lesson here is that you got to keep moving forward. You know, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. I forgot what the question was. <laughs> well, I, you know, I guess it was um, whether it's with gigs or on oh. a new album. Are you, have you ever thought about a permanent new singer? Not really. No. I mean, you know, Marshall and Robin are both when they're available, they just, they want to be part of the band. We don't even do any of their songs because they consider themselves part of our band when they're, when they're with us, like people yell out from the audience sometimes, someday, some way, or till I hear from you. (laughs) And we're like, well, you know, you got to go see them when they're playing. Hey, stick to your music, right? It's your show. (laughs) Yeah. And I've been talking to Susan Cowsill lately because you know, I have a song called Now and Then from the Blow Up album that I had the Cowsills sing on. And I want to bring them back to sing background vocals and on some of the cuts. And, and I have a song that I'm working on with Susan Cowsill, who's just wonderful. I don't know if you heard their new album. The Cowsills have a new album out. It's just fantastic. Mm. I'll have to check it out for sure. Yeah. Um, how do audiences take to the different singers? Again, we were so, we're so lucky. We have the best fans. Uh, 
they're supporting us. They, they, they want us to carry on and they want to hear the songs and, and we love playing them. And I think they get it, you know, and, and the crowds are very enthusiastic and singing along to the songs. It's just a wonderful experience for, for everyone involved. Well, has there been a guest musician that's filled in with the band that's maybe exceeded your expectations? Well, vocally, yeah, I was surprised at how well it worked. Uh, as far as other musicians, we haven't really, nobody's played with us, uh, like other instruments or anything. No, but, but as far as singing goes, they, they both add their, their own, uh, style to it. And, um, it's wonderful because I had some people, uh, emailing me and text and, and Facebook messaging me that saying, Oh, I sound just like Pat, but we don't want that. We don't want mm-hmm. someone that sounds like Pat because that's good for bands like journey and bands like that, but not for us. I, I, yeah. I, I, uh, we don't want that. We want to just sense. do something, um, different, but our, but our audience is, uh, is with us. They, they are so genuinely appreciative that we're, we're carrying on. And I'm thrilled to find out that you guys were uh, carrying on and, and still touring. How can our audience find out about some of your tour dates you've been mentioning? Well, our website is official smithereens.com because I think somebody has smithereens.com. So ours is called the uh, official smithereens.com. So, uh, and Facebook. So it's out there. You kind of mentioned this, uh, alluded to it a moment ago, but you guys do have plans on going back into the studio for new albums. Hell yeah. Yeah, like uh, like I said during COVID, I was I, I've been working on uh, songs. I have about thirty good ones that need to be flushed out. As soon as uh, the new year comes, we're going to start working on that. Oh, we'll look forward to that for sure. So, a totally different subject. You have your yeah. own line of coffee. You have your own line of coffee. How did that come about? <laughs> it started out as a joke. I have a friend, not a joke. It's the wrong word. I have a friend who's a coffee roaster, longtime fan of the band going back to the eighties. And I said to him once, Hey, can you, uh, can you make a, a, a coffee with blended with uh, bourbon? <laughs> and he goes, well, I'll give it a try. So we, we tried that. We tried scotch. And then he came to me with this rum, f- little rum flavor. We call it Highland Grog. I'm like, you know what? This is, this is damn good. I should, I should pack, package this up and sell it. So, that's what I, I started this five years ago. I, I created the LLC for it, but I haven't had time to do anything with it until now, but now I'm going to sell it online only, uh, because originally I was thinking about opening up a cafe, a coffee shop that sells vinyl records. I thought that would be a cool thing and maybe have some acoustic bands playing and stuff. But then I realized, uh, you know, rental space and this, and it just wouldn't work out. It, it would be too much. And then I, and then I don't want to be stuck working there either. And it's, I know it's hard to get people to work for you and but like all these problems, you know, and then COVID. So then uh, I'm like, okay, I'll just sell it online. And then this way I get, I get my own free coffee. There you go. There you go. Nice. Well, we'll be sure to put a link in our in the description on the uh, podcast episode to your coffee, so our listeners can get some Bab Jack's coffee. 
Yeah, I spell it with an X because um, yep. if I were to put my name apostrophe S, it wouldn't look good on the logo. <laughs> no, I like it with the X. I think that's smart. <laughs> yeah, me too. Just not triple X, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, they, yeah, yeah. Probably not a bad, not a good idea. On Actually, that, that's but... not a bad idea. <laughs> hey, you a, never know. A special edition, you know. The dark roast I have, I, I call it 45 RPM, and I put that little thing in the middle. Oh. Uh, I don't know if you saw a picture of it, of the, of the logo, but anyway, I digress. Yeah. No, I love it. <laughs> well, Jim, we can't thank you enough for joining us on the New Wave Music Podcast today. It was a pleasure to speak with you and have you share some amazing insights on, on the Smithereens. And with the new album, uh, we really encourage our listeners to go pick up the lost album from the Smithereens and also pick up some Bab Jack's coffee while they're at it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can't thank you enough, Jim. Uh, we hope the best for you and the smithereens in the future. And we, we look forward to that upcoming album. Love it. I love it. And I hope I hope to come out there because I, I, I love playing. We haven't played Salt Lake City in so long. And I yeah. remember really enjoying it. Well, we'll look, we'll, we'll look for you. And again, we, we thank you again. Can't thank you enough for this and uh, hope the best for you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that is going to close off this episode. We want to uh, once again thank Jim Babjack for his time with us. Uh, I think uh, we all enjoyed it very much. Of course, you know, we do have our social media that we'd love to have you look into, whether it be Facebook, uh, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, you can look up New Wave Music Podcast. It should take you to that place. We also have our website, newwavemusicpodcast.com. Our email address, newwavemusicpodcast at yahoo.com. And uh, we want to thank you for being with us today. And our next full review episode, we're going to be taking a look at a couple little bit of older albums from Joe Jackson and Lloyd Cole. And I'm sure we might have a couple other uh, surprise episodes dropping in between now and then. Mm-hmm.